Wichita was a wonderful city back in the 1970s. Just a nice Midwestern city where people could raise their family without any fear. Very safe, very good schools, very wholesome, family-oriented town. If you want to freeze Americana and go back, then Wichita was very much like that. No matter where you go in town, you will run into somebody you know. Everybody knows everybody. It's a nice town. It's a good place to live and a good place to be the district attorney. Another windy Kansas day. Hello, everybody. Never in a million years did Wichitans think that a serial killer would come from here. Kansas police now say Dennis Rader may be linked to 10 murders going back to 1974. Wichita, in many ways, simply grew up. Suddenly, the life you thought you had has just sort of vaporized. Oh, it, yeah, like every moment of your whole life was a lie, even back to before you were born. Dennis Rader was born on March 9th, 1945. He grew up an all-American boy playing cowboys and Indians. He was the first of four brothers, a very ordinary life. His childhood was very normal. He was raised in the rural area with good parents. Had he come from a happy home? Yeah, I would say he came from a really solid home. I was very close to his parents, my grandparents, Bill and Dorothea. Did you ever get any sense that he had experienced anything abusive or oh, physically? No, no, there was nothing ever to hint at that something could be amiss with my father. Paula was a member of Dennis Rader's parents' church. My dad and my mom met in the fall of 1970. Rader's mother knew her and knew that Dennis was coming home from the military, and she wanted Paula to meet him. He had just got back from the Air Force, and they started dating. They got married nine months later in May of 71. I think he fell in love, and they were two good Christian kids who wanted to get married in the right way, so there was nothing unusual about it. When Dennis marries Paula, she obviously has no idea that Dennis has already been having fantasies and maybe even obsessions about harming other people, killing other people, tying them up, etc. He's already looking inside people's houses. He's stalking people. He's already breaking into people's homes. He's already living a double life. He knew before he met my mom what he was probably capable of. You think he knew then? Well, yeah, I mean, why did he get married? Was it because he didn't want to be that other person or did he just want both lives? People who knew my parents before February 25th, 2005 would have told you this. Dennis cherished Paula. My dad would tell you the same still to this day but he should have known it wasn't going to be forever. Your book is called A Serial Killer's Daughter. Is that how you see yourself? It's taken me a long time to even be able to say that out loud, but that's the truth. This whole odyssey starts on January 15th of 1974. In a little house on North Edgemore, it was the home of Joseph Otero and his wife and his five children. He saw it was a corner house, just kind of everything about it attracted him. He says now that he spotted Mrs. Otero and one of her daughters when he was driving my mom to work and then stalked their family. The Oteros were a relatively new family to Wichita. Their family of seven, five kids. And the older kids had gone off to school that day, leaving the two younger ones at home with their parents. 
My name is Charlie Otero, and I am the son of Joseph and Julie Otero. My father was a really outgoing, jovial kind of guy, and my mom was a very caring, loving, Catholic woman. She was a mother first. Dennis Rader went to the house, he cut the phone line, and then he entered the house. Dennis Rader believed that the mother and the daughter would be the only ones home. He was not expecting Mr. Otero to be there. He was really taken by surprise that four people were there that he now had to deal with. He pulled a gun on them, he tied up Mrs. Otero, and then he started to strangle Mr. Otero. He wanted that very close, personal engagement where their life was literally in his hands. So he wanted to strangle them. When the older children came back from school that day, they couldn't get into their house, so they forced entry into it. They discovered their parents. I ran down the hall, went in their bedroom, and saw my mother on the bed, my father on the floor. My heart just got ripped out of my chest. My life changed instantly. Charlie Otero ran to a neighbor's house called the police. It was the police who discovered his little brother in another room and then found their sister. They went down into the basement and I found Josephine. An 11-year-old Josephine Otero will be bound with rope and she's hanging just off the floor. He hangs her, probably has a fantasy about that, leaves his DNA at the scene and leaves. I thank God every day that I didn't find Joey and Josie because I don't know how I could have handled it. There's a lot of evidence collection that you don't know what you're going to do with. You want to collect everything because you get one shot at a crime scene. Law enforcement will collect DNA on the floor. They didn't collect it for analysis. They just did not have the technology. In 1974, who would think that DNA testing was going to be this criminal investigative tool? Myself and another reporter were on the scene of the Otero murder. And that murder was a little different because the police weren't saying anything. So we knew that something really terrible had happened in that house. The Otero murders rocked this city. It was unheard of in Wichita, Kansas, to have a family of four murdered. Why would someone want to kill this wonderful family? Unknown to Wichita, they had just been visited by someone who was killing for sport. What he does next will make it perfectly clear that Dennis Rader is after much more than just murder. He really wants the spotlight. He wanted to be the most famous serial killer in the country. 